SAFM Social Conversations a big welcome to our A-team guest, who's uh, from PwC South Africa, healthcare consulting leader, Etienne Drea. Etienne, thank you very much for joining us. Good evening. Thank you so much, and good evening to you and your listeners. I mean, uh, there's no one uh, who has not, who did not notice and has not noticed the great impact that COVID-19 has had on the healthcare industry. But I think from your point of view um, as a healthcare consulting leader, please just uh, let us know some of the things that we might have missed in terms of the change, the turnaround that COVID-19 has brought into the healthcare sector. So I think that there are three main aspects which COVID has really accelerated in our healthcare sector. The first one is digital innovation. Um, For many years now, we've been waiting for this big digital and digitization wave to come into our healthcare sector, and COVID really forced us into that. For example, so many people were, were too fearful to go to their doctors for consultations and virtual consultations started becoming the norm where previously it was very rare for people to have that. So organizations have invested a lot more in digital healthcare. Secondly, I think there's been a lot more collaboration between the public and private sector. We saw that with the vaccine rollout and we also saw that with the private hospitals we're, we're seeing COVID patients in the uninsured patients um, and being paid by the state for that. So a lot of collaboration there. And then thirdly, I think the workforce, the way that healthcare organizations are approaching their nurses and doctors has fundamentally changed. Um, you know, the healthcare workforce went through a very traumatic um, period, two years, more than two years, um, where they were really on the front lines and trying to keep all of us safe and our loved ones alive and safe. Um, but it has taken its toll, and healthcare organizations that we surveyed across South Africa are refocusing their energies to try and provide better training, upskilling, but also emotional and mental health support for their healthcare workers so that we can keep them in the healthcare system and keep them functioning optimally. So one thing for certain is that technology has become um, a part of healthcare industry like every other industry. A-teamers, join in on this conversation. I mean, especially for those who have really seen the, the, the positives. We can't only look at the negatives that COVID has brought into uh, the healthcare sector. Um, and, and also, give us your experiences if you are a practitioner within the sector. Have things now all of a sudden been disrupted to a point that maybe working is a bit easier and uh, you're more empathetic and your patients are more empathetic and more appreciative. I think that's one thing we have learned, to be appreciative to healthcare workers. Let us know on 011-714-2006 or you can WhatsApp 614 SMSs go to 41391. Our guest is um, Etienne Drea. Tweet at SFM Radio and at Patricia N. Dooley. Still in conversation with uh, our A-team guest from PwC, South Africa Healthcare Consulting Leader, uh, Etienne Drea. We're speaking about, you know, the the immense impact that COVID-19 has had on uh, the healthcare industry and how the NHI will change its landscape. Um, Etienne, I don't know if you would agree with me that since COVID-19, we are more appreciative of um, healthcare workers than we were before. Uh, We are more grateful, we are more patient because we have seen what things can get like without their help. Okay, Etienne, are you back? 
Yes, I excellent, am. Apologies excellent. for that. All right. You were, you were letting us know um, about uh, appreciation of the healthcare workers. Yes, and globally we've seen that there is this trend that people are more appreciative, but people are also a lot more interested and want to take a bigger part in making decisions about their health care. So the old days of a doctor tells you where to go, what medicine to take, people want to research, they want to understand what the medication is, they want to understand different options they have for treatment, herbal, natural options. Um, They don't just want to be takers in terms of being told what to do with their health care. They want to make active decision-making in how they are treated, how they are diagnosed, and also what they do in their lives to make sure that they are leaving a healthy lifestyle to prevent them from getting sick. Now, here we are uh, talking about the National Health Insurance, or um, better known as the NHI. There's been a lot of talk um, and how it's uh, going to possibly give more opportunities for public and private collaboration and innovation in South Africa when it comes to the healthcare landscape. Maybe give us a context of where we are uh, concerning the NHI and if we are ready for it as a country. So I think that it's important to realize that NHI, it's not only a South African concept. You know, the World Health Organization is pushing countries that by the year 2030 that they implement a universal health coverage program. In South Africa, we call it the NHI. That is how ours is structured. But it's not too dissimilar to many other developing countries which are trying to implement universal health coverage. We um, undertook a survey um, to, to research 30 of the healthcare leaders in South Africa and what their thoughts around NHI are. And 100% of respondents were in agreement that the country needs a universal health coverage system. We absolutely agree that there's inequality. Um, 80% of the population are uninsured. Um, there, there's difficulties with regards to access and, and remote-lying areas not having access to healthcare, so we need a universal health coverage program. Um, what is very important that we remember is that rolling this out does take time. Again, global studies show that it can take 15 years to really implement a successful universal health coverage program, and a lot of good legwork has already been done in South Africa there were the pilot districts which had some really good successes which were demonstrated. And what COVID did do is it did make our public sector and private sector collaborate a lot closer. And we are going to have to work together as a healthcare industry, a united healthcare industry, if we want to implement a successful universal healthcare coverage program. But there is still a lot of nitty-gritty and a lot of the details which do have to be fleshed out and, and that could take some time and delay some of the impact and the implementation of NHI. Now, with NHI um, not being um, rolled out immediately, like you're saying, it's going to take some time. Between now and then, what will happen to ordinary South African citizens? Because the great divide is there. And it's no unique to what we are already facing in other sectors. I mean, our inequality in this country is, is just too much. Absolutely. And I think that 
what what has to happen and what is currently happening is there has to be a focus on health system strengthening. So strengthening the healthcare system, not only in the public sector, but public and private, because there, there's a lot of good in both of them and also areas of improvement in the public and private sector. But some of the basics that we, we do have to get right is we have to upskill more healthcare workers and not only upskill healthcare workers, but we have to keep them engaged in the industry. Globally, there is a massive exodus from the profession, especially after COVID, where people feel demoralized and do not want to be in the healthcare profession anymore. So how do we engage the youth to get into an industry to, to really have a passion for the industry? And how can we leverage those resources in South Africa whilst we are waiting for the full implementation of an NHI? Really having those um, creative methods of, of getting people into the sector, training them, providing them with smart digital tools. There's some fantastic apps on, on that um, healthcare workers can use on their phones, which really can make a difference. It's not complex, it's not expensive, and we need to start leveraging some of these disruptive, innovative techniques in order to strengthen the system as we have it currently. Now, will all South Africans be able to afford NHI? I know it's happening in other parts of the world, but with the Great Divide. Are, are we realistic to say everyone will be able to uh, benefit from NHI? So the um, the financing premise behind universal health coverage is that there shouldn't be additional hardship to to the the man in the street. And if you look at South Africa, we spend a huge amount of, of money on healthcare, a big percentage of our GDP, um, which is very much in line with other developed Western countries. So we are spending a lot of money on healthcare in South Africa, if you combine public and private sector. What we have to do is we have to be a lot smarter in terms of how we, we rationalize our resources and spread that evenly across the population to improve access. You know, it's pointless that we have an insured population where there might be a certain amount of over-servicing and lots of tests and very high-end healthcare being provided. But for 80% of the population, we really are not able to to provide um, that, that good quality access to the same level. So um, can we afford it as a country? We're already spending a lot of money on that, and we need to be smarter in, in how we work, in how, how we um, reimburse for, for healthcare, and start focusing also on preventative healthcare. You know, if we mm-hmm. were to, as a country, just improve um, people's uh, lifestyle habits and and um, reduce those non-communicable diseases, those chronic diseases, we would save so much in the healthcare sector and we would have a healthier population as well. You know, when you're talking about preventative, it opens up a new discussion altogether because in order for us to be a healthy nation, we need to be um, conscious about what we put in our mouths. But as South Africans, I remember there was a time where we would mock beetroot, garlic and ginger. (laughs) Um, That came from the then Minister of Health, may her soul rest in peace. Uh, But here we are today and we realize these are the critical things going back to basics. Um, let, let me go to this uh, question from our ATMO send a WhatsApp on 0614104107 saying NHI is all very well, but why is there the, a rumor that people who are currently on medical aid will no longer have the option of medical aid once NHI is forced on South Africans? Can you please respond for us, ATN? Sure, and it's been a very a prominent part of the discussions around NHI. 
I think what um, is very clear and has been clear from the department is that medical schemes will not fall away. However, the nature of what they cover will change. Um, currently, the wording states that medical schemes can provide complementary cover to what the basic um, benefit package from NHI will be. So, um, for example, for services which are not covered under an NHI um, benefit package, that is where you can have a medical scheme which can provide the, the cover for those services. And this can range, um, you know, once we understand what is going to be covered by NHI, we'll be able to unpack what the private sector medical schemes will be able to cover. But, but there, there are many examples from around the world where, where this does happen, where if the state cannot um, pay for something or if it is maybe too expensive for them to cover it, um, a private insurance will cover it. A good example of this is many countries where they have a national health insurance might not provide for joint and hip replacements under certain conditions. So if the patient is too elderly, too frail, or if they are overweight, um, it's too risky. Whereas a private insurance and medical scheme might then be able to provide that cover because it is deemed to be complementary cover to what the NHI benefit package covers. Etienne, uh, perhaps uh, give us your closing uh, comments around uh, where we are headed to as a healthcare industry. And in that, also, please include the, uh, just knowledge on, on cyber attacks, um, because you did mention that uh, now, you know, the healthcare industry is going towards um, technology and cyber attacks are something we should be looking out for. Absolutely. And this the survey that we did with these healthcare CEOs, Almost 75% of them said that they believe their organization is not sufficiently equipped for cyber attacks. And during COVID, we saw a massive peak in cyber attacks on healthcare data. And the reason is healthcare data is so rich, it can be used for so many um, different aspects by cyber criminals. Um, There's personal health information, there's banking information, there's residential information, and all of this together creates powerful assets um, which cyber criminals have begun to realize. So there has to be a huge focus um, globally around protecting health information. Where we are as a country moving forward, I think we at an exciting point, but we're also at a point where we, we know that the system does have to change. The inequalities cannot carry on the way they are. But the only way that we're going to get there is by all of us collaborating and coming up with innovative solutions Um, from the public and the private sector, where we are able to trial things and fail fast, um, try them. We won't get everything right, but we need to start implementing some of these solutions on the ground that's improving access and improving the quality of health outcomes for for all South Africans. Etienne, thank you so very much uh, for joining us and shedding light on uh, this. uh, Have a good evening further. Thank you so much. Have a good evening.